It's part tongue-in-cheek, part subculture, part annoying jargon used in a sort of half-assed way to exert some form of superiority from those who prefer to play their games on a console. On this episode, we talk about the PC Master Race, why it exists, and why those who claim to be a part of it insist on using the term to being elitist, and why the heck do we have to have yet another way to divide and categorize gamers? As John Oliver would say, how is this still a thing? That's next on Downloadable Content. I'm Brian, and we have the co-host, Ron. Hey, everyone. We have Nick. Hello. We have Ryan. Yo. And clawing herself back from the abyss, we have Tanya. Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> she lives. I live. How well she's living, we don't know, but she's here with us, and you know, for, for the next ninety minutes or so, she'll be in relatively good hands. So, before we get started on today's episode, talking about the PC Master Race, just want to remind everyone out there that every single episode of downloadable content can be found on our shiny new website at www.dlcpodcast.com. You can get every single episode we've ever done. You can check out bios of the more frequent panelists. You can There are actually pictures up. You can see what we actually look like. You can find information about upcoming recordings. So if you ever want to be on an episode, you can get in touch. There's a feedback form. Send us questions, comments. All the links are there. Every episode is still on the usual places, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, but all of them have direct links. So take a look, have a listen, let us know what you think, let us know if you want to be on an episode. It's all there. We won't bite. We appreciate all feedback. Please justify our existence. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So with always that, the class act, Brian. Thank you, thank you. I said this downloadable content is very fine, sophisticated program. So we try to keep it classy around here, mostly, depending on who's mm -hmm. on that particular episode. Well, so the well, we're, we're talking about. Talk here we go. So yes, we're going to talk about the uh, the PC Master Race. It's it's a subject that came up that I, I wanted to talk about. You know, more toward the beginning of this year because, you know, for a long time, for most of my gaming life, as it were, 
All of my video gaming was exclusively done on consoles. I did not want to have anything to do with playing games on PC because to me, um, you didn't play video games on PCs. That was just the way my brain worked. I mean, you used PCs for a whole bunch of other things, but gaming was something that never really crossed my mind. I mean, I had played a few games on PC when I was a kid, games like Myst, uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Although why you want a 10-year-old playing Duke Nukem 3D is, is you, know, <laughs> you know, questionable parenting decisions. But anyway... <laughs> But the thing about most of these games, the thing that, that turned me off about PC gaming was the fact that most of the you know, the few games that I had played relied on the controls of a keyboard and a mouse. Whereas I, I am so used to a gaming console controller, it's, it's, it's like second nature to me. You know, I, I pick up a, a video game controller and, you know, it's like the back of my hand. I know how it works. I know how to use it it feels comfortable it feels natural to me you know playing a game on pc using a keyboard and mouse is kind of like relearning how to walk you think what does these buttons do <laughs> what is this oh i just killed it now <laughs> so it wasn't until really within the last couple of years that i started to play games on pc i mean and a large part of that is Due to programs like Steam, which is, again, just, just this massive marketplace of games. And also the fact that games now aren't, you don't use just a keyboard and mouse. You can actually use a video game controller. So I had purchased a Xbox 360 controller that was for the PC. And, you know, suddenly this, this door opened for me like, holy shit. What the hell have I been missing? And also in an era of games now where the idea of an exclusive title is largely, you know, for all intents and purposes, doesn't really exist anymore. You know, you, we have things like timed exclusives, you know, things like that. But, you know, there are, you don't really find games anymore, at least not a lot of them, that are solely for PC or solely for one such console. So this, this sort of helped me get into the idea of, you know, that gaming on a PC was actually something that, to me, was finally viable for the first time. Okay, your turn. <laughs> I, I think the biggest issue, or I don't say issue, but um, barrier to entry for PC gaming in the past was always the hardware requirements, because not many people really know how to build the computer or how to upgrade their computer, yeah, or or like do general PC maintenance even. <laughs> so it's just like. How how are you expected to be to to know what you need for your for your for your console or for not for your console but for for your for your PC when you don't even know that like hey there's fans inside the thing maybe you should clean the fans out every now and then. Junior, this computer's running slow again. I don't know what you did to it. I haven't touched to it in four months, mom. You did something to it. 
But yeah, you're you're absolutely right as far as um, PC gaming is concerned. I mean, it's been around for ever. Know, yeah, it's been around forever. But I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Brian. Of I was exclusively console gaming for years because we never really had any computers, and when we did, they, they were secondhand. Uh, POS computers that we were lucky we were able to get the email client to work on them. So I didn't really get into PC gaming until after college. Um, My friend, who's now my roommate, uh, was a big PC gamer, and he wanted to get into Borderlands, but refused to play with a controller. He wanted mouse and keyboard, which, understandable for FPSs, and I agreed to, you know, get into Steam and the entire PC world, you, you know, if that was, if we could, you know, play alongside and get Borderlands going. That's how I first got exposed to it. For me, nowadays, a keyboard and mouse really is second nature to me, and I almost prefer it more than a controller for some specific games, just because... I feel like I have more options at my disposal. <laughs> well, well it, it, don't all jump in at once, people. As, as I was say, bumblebees rolling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking a question. Ronald was making statements. <laughs> um, I guess my question at the start of it is, what, like, what? So, like, for you, like, you, you got into PC gaming via Borderlands. What was the game for everyone else on on the panel here that got you into like serious PC gaming, or was it just Steam in general? Well, actually, if I may, um, uh, this is a very brief thing, but. Um, I was a console gamer, uh, just like everybody else, mainly, but what really got me into PC gaming all the long time ago, back when Windows 3.1 and DOS 6.22. <laughs> oh, memories. But, oh, God. Yeah, oh, yeah. memories when of... Had to, when, yeah, when you had to do DIR slash W slash P and all these other commands in DOS to get wherever you wanted to go, um, was uh, actually, it was a game, it was AD&D. Uh, based game called Birthright, the Gorgon's Alliance. It was a strategy game, and uh, and and it was it was basically four four X without one of the X's, pretty much. It was basically a strategy game. It was kind of like uh, medieval total war, like nowadays kind of a thing. And um, I remember playing it, and uh, I still love it to this day. I, I still play it in my DOS box once in a while. But um, it's it, it was that game. That game in Doom, actually, was the one that really got me into PC gaming. And I remember playing it on my old, you know, Windows 486 enhanced system. It was horrible, but it was I loved it at the time. And I remember playing Doom and on my PC, and I was like, this is really cool. I mean, I could kind of get used to this. But the problem was, was that I kind of skipped over that PC early PC gaming generation because... After Doom and my Birthright game, I had nothing for it. I didn't get anything from my for the PC afterwards. I literally had those two games, and that was it. And everything else I just got via console until I actually hit Steam. And then, well, now I'm a PC gaming addict, and that's all I ever do is 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, let's and, see. Go on, go on, Ryan. Uh, PC gaming for me, I'm still a little bit new at it. Believe I've actually um, I don't really go when it comes to PC gaming. I don't really go for the major titles, honestly. I like to go for the I go I go for more like the uh, indie titles and stuff like that because I. I do like PC gaming to an extent, but the consoles are where I do the major stuff. But I do like seeing what Steam has for like a lot of the uh, indie games and stuff. Like there are some things that some of my friends have recommended for me that, that I go through Steam. And it's like, hey, even if it's not like on the most in-depth thing, it's still pretty fun to play. So I, the, I do some I do some PC gaming. I, I would say I like major into it, but there are definitely games that I like better for, that are, are on PC than compared to consoles. And so, you know, in the last five or so years, I mean, I think I got Steam. That was, I got Steam because of what I was seeing at PAX. They have a, you know, PAX devotes a good chunk of its floor space to indie developers. And a lot of their games come out on PC. They, some of them will, will see a console release, you know, like Bastion, for example, uh, Castle Crashers. Battleblock Theater, you know, you'll see some of those, but by and large, most indie developers, they 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 make their games on PC, and so therefore you typically only find them on PC, and once the studio brings in money, then they'll see a console release. So I think that was my my final push to uh, join the ranks of the PC, and so not to mention the fact that, you know, yes, I think we all have some friends who do uh, occasionally run their mouths about how PCs are better anyway. Um, <laughs> hence the focal point yeah. of this entire episode. So, because some of their, their arguments were the was the fact that, you know, PCs are already built to handle you know, most of these games. Why do you need a special piece of electronics when you already have something that can, you know, play these games without the need for, you know, a specialized console and spending of a fuck ton of money to, to use to purchase and play, and play these games on. And, you know, there's a point to that, and which I understood, but at the same time, I was, I was not ready to, you know, my brain was thinking, well, you know, use keyboard and mouse. Uh, no, I'm not going to sit here, you know, taking, you know, baby's first tentative steps, you know, hunting and pecking. Well, which button does this and which button does that? <laughs> but, you know, we, we and but because we, we all have some friends that, you know, in, insist that PCs are the absolute way to go, no substitutions, you, you, you are weak and pathetic if you use a console. So, you know, it, it's from there that we have the the phrase the the quote unquote the PC master race. So to dive into that part of the discussion, so we have a little history, courtesy of Lord Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> hey. Of course. <laughs> well, I was I was looking to find out, you know, when the whole this whole term of the PC master race was actually first used. Oh, I actually know this bit of trivia, if you would like. 
Well, according to Wiki, so we'll see how well it matches your recollection, Nick. Uh, according to Wiki, the, the first, the term PC Gaming Master Race was first used in 2008 by Yahtzee over yeah. at uh, zero, zero Punctuation over The Escapist. While he was, yep, while it, he was, it was an episode of his. He uh, talked about, you know, having, like, you know, talking about exactly what this episode is about the superiority of PC gaming and kind of compared it a little bit to kind of Nazism. Yes. <laughs> but it, it, the, the phrase stuck, and, you know, seven years, you know, eight years later, we still use that phrase a lot. It has its own subreddit. It's he was reviewing the game The Witcher, and as uh, you know, he he explained uh, he explained that his initial intent he was referring to Nazi Germany's master race ideology. It was meant to make fun of PC gamers who consider themselves superior. To console gamers. He meant it as a joke. The actual quote is, and he, he says, What quickly becomes obvious is that Witcher is very much a PC-exclusive game, which are typically designed to be as complex and unintuitive as possible, so that those dirty console-playing peasants don't ruin it for the glorious PC gaming master race. So he intended it to be he intended it to be an ironic quote, and the PC gaming community latched onto it and embraced it. Yep, that sounds like it. <laughs> to be fair, they they do have a, a very a very they give off that that air of superiority compared to the console people even even before two thousand eight probably <laughs> yeah probably in the in the early nineties I would say since Doom PC people would give off the air of we are superior to your console peasant scrubs with your limited hardware and and locked development cycles compared to the wild west and of, of the of the pc gaming world where hardware is not determined by a corporate budget but by however much money you want to spend on your pc or and then you spend a thousand dollars on your components build it and then everything gets replaced in six months because the new stuff just came out the only thing that's missing, Ron, is an evil laugh. You were sounding like a corporate villain there for a good second. It just, it yeah. just, it just needed a mwahaha at the end of that. Um, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you can fix that in post. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> but yeah, you know, but Yahtzee was explaining this. You know, he had an. It was a later interview, and you know, he in this interview he's quoted as saying, you know, about the the whole term, the PC master race, you know. He said, it was intended to be ironic to illustrate what I perceived at the time to be an elitist attitude among a certain kind of PC gamer. People who invested in expensive gaming PCs and continually spend money to make sure that the tech in their brightly lit tower cases is up to date. Who actually prefer games that are temperamental to get running and that have complicated keyboard interfaces just because it discourages new or casual players who in some way taint the entire community with their presence. I meant it as a dig. Well, actually, um, there is one game that is very notorious for that for that that kind of uh, idea, in a sense. I'm very I'm everything sure by EA. No, <laughs> no, no. There's a, there's an even worse one because I I was into it for a little bit, and then I realized just how well I personally think it's very stupid. League League of Legends, just how 
far people can go into that one with things. Because I've literally seen like some of my college friends and stuff. They're they're huge fans of it. So I see them and at my, not the one college I'm at right now, but at my previous college, we had what was called Landfest. So like that's everybody hooking up to the to their Ethernet cables and stuff. And they were all getting on their games. And the majority that the PC was on was League of Legends. And I'm like, are you people serious? You're going to take up all that damn bandwidth and we can't play uh, this other stuff? And they're like, hush, peasants. League of Legends requires our attentions. You just play off in the background. We must do this. And I'm like, yep, here they go. Before that, it was Halo. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, so Halo, World bad. of Warcraft, EverQuest. Yeah. You could go back, you know. Uh, let's see if I can do the, the chrono- chrono- chronology of snooby, snotty PC gamer. <laughs> Doom into Baldur's Gate, into Neverwinter Nights, into Halo, into uh, World of Warcraft, into Halo again, probably. If we're being completely honest. Into Crisis, into... League of Legends, and now we're kind of looking... Probably Dark Souls, actually, probably the next one. Yes. But now here's the thing. I mean, I don't think that particular label applies anymore because I think with with the advent of digital distribution in the last few years or so, you know, the lines are blurred. Games you can buy on a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One are almost definitely going to be available for PC. So for, for me, it, it kind of seems like it's outlived its usefulness. I wouldn't necessarily say that, it, you know, that, uh, that the event of digital distribution is what's replacing PC gaming, but I think it is because of the perceived notion that PC gaming is expensive that people who are getting into gaming or people who may not be as well, uh, you know, or especially among like the, the lower incomes use consoles as the way to um you know as their opening point for for video gaming you know being a lower price point so i think developers started to go after the console market because it was more accessible and even though there was always like a pc version of anything Hardware nowadays is so exclusive that you know you you that you can develop something for a PS4 or for a Wii U and not necessarily have to make a console version, uh, PC version rather, because they're now almost appearing appearing to be two completely different beasts. Hmm. I mean, I, su- I suppose that's true, but I mean, it's it kind of feels. I don't re- really want to say that you know digital distribution is replacing PC gaming, but it it feels like you know the whole idea that we don't have exclusive games anymore is just kind of you know there's no need for that that division of you know I'm a PC gamer and I'm uh, you know I'm above you you filthy console gamers. You know, 
Well, look at look at how console gaming has caught up in terms of what it's actually capable of doing. I you can argue with what consoles can do. I mean, you can watch TV, you can stream uh, stream services. You you know, for example, like uh, you know, I'll I'll use this because the pay per view is tonight. Uh, wrestling. You can watch it on PC or any of the game systems, I think, with the exception of Wii U. Uh, you can watch um, you can watch Hulu, Netflix, anything that really I could do with a computer, I can almost do with a console now. So really, the gap has closed so much so, you know... Why are, you know, there's no, I think that's part of why there's no exclusivity between consoles and PCs. That is true. That is something I didn't consider. The fact that the, the gap in technology has has shrunk that much. Well, that's actually um, a very good point. Go ahead, Tanya. Oh, no, to say that, you're right. That is a very good point. Um, but, I mean, I see this, obviously, from, from, from an indie dev perspective, and I can tell you, um, you know, one of the core reasons uh, that I believe why uh, you know the, the PC the PC master race is is what it is, and it, what it has over the console and, and the console race and so forth is something that uh, consoles just don't have, and that's modding. Um, the modding scene is huge uh, in, in, in PC world. You know, uh, it, it, you know, you can take. I mean, just to give you guys an example, uh, Final Fantasy VI, when that first released on Steam, uh, there was a, a bilinear filter that was causing, uh, that, that, that basically looked like fugly, horrible thing on your screen that, that you know, that, that made the sprites look distorted and blurry and just ugh. And because of modding, uh, that bilinear filter was removed. And now you can see all everything in all pixel, pixel glory. And if you have the right setup with your NVIDIA card or something like that, like I do, then you can just put it on 4, 4X VR filtering, and there you go. All of a sudden, you know, you have you have a game looking tremendous, all because of modding. Um, look at GTA V. There's thousands upon thousands of mods for that game for PC. But you won't see that. For the console versions, you won't see that for for the Xbox or the PS4 or anything like that because of what it is. Uh, you know, I mean, games are made on PC. I mean, I can tell you right now, whether you're making a game for iOS, Android, PS4, or Xbox One, or anything like that, or Wii, or, or I, I should, and even like Wii U, you're making a game on a PC. So the you know, it's every conception of every game you've ever played, except for like obviously the early the early stages of gaming. But like every conception of every game you pretty much played recently has started out on PC. Even the so-called exclusives started out on PC and in and, and the conception room and, and in the development room. So, you know, I mean, yeah, is is digital is digital distribution replacing? PC gaming, uh, you know, PC, you know, sales and whatnot. I think it's going towards a blending, not a replacing. I, I, I think there's going to be 
a blending between a, a is already a blurring of the line between console and, and PC because the, your guys are right. The specs are catching up to PC. But here's the thing: uh, until and unless consoles allow modders and allow users to partake of those modders in the modding scene, because it, it's growing huger, it's growing larger and larger as time goes on. Uh, I've no doubt that PC will always have that slight bit of an edge because of uh, because of what you can do with the with an already existing game. Uh, you know, you can, people have created entire other games out of those games. Yeah, and can you I? And I'm gonna actually add on to um, what you're talking about with uh, modding as well. One of the most one one game that I know that is extremely famous for having mo for having mods and everything is uh, Minecraft. I don't pl I personally don't play it, but I have a few friends who do play it. And some of the uh, things that they are actually able to, especially like some of the I don't know if I don't know if they're technically levels or like um, environments and stuff that they're able to actually create in Minecraft from the different mods that they have, are can just be breathtaking and, and incredible to see. Um, I've seen um some some of them look like on on YouTube and it's just amazing like what the like I'm um, adding in like the little patches and just the, all the data that that they that they can input and it t and it takes them a while to get it down but the end result is absolutely breathtaking and I think again that kind of that kind of has the edge as well over um consoles because yeah like Tanya was saying yet yeah, you can't really do uh much with consoles when it comes to mods so i think that the pcs kind of beat them out a little bit in that area well uh the, you know go, go getting into um modding basically is uh all of it has to do with programming and you know working with the code and you're and you're right because pcs have you know are uh, and we can argue about about this, but hard drive space. I mean, you need data and memory and storage to do anything from, you know, installing a program to, you know, you know, storing your photos, whatever. But councils have limited storage or, 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 or you know, it, they, they're getting better, but it's still you only have a limit. For PCs, especially now with cl the cloud, it's virtually unlimited. And that is another obstacle, you know, because there's a keyboard, because you could just do so much to write in the coding to make the mods necessary, that PCs will have that edge over, and PCs will have that edge over consoles. But, you know, kind of going a little bit into what Microsoft is doing, they're really blending the PC and the console, you know, with their Xbox One, you know, really working in transition with Windows 10. And, you know, I, I really, you know, yeah, I can say that PC is always going to stay a step ahead of consoles. But the gap, you know, as, I've, as we alluded to earlier, is closing, but I think it's going to be more of a, of a merge than anything else because especially with what Microsoft is doing is making it so that they just work with each other rather than having the two just duke it out in a death battle 
have, you know, just have the two work side by side, be more complementary pieces rather than um, competing. So what you're saying is there won't be a celebrity deathmatch steel cage between Bill Gates and Gabe Newell. Uh, uh, unfortunately, no. As much as I would love and would pay money to watch that happen, no. Uh, I, we're not going to see any Mick Foley-like dives off the top of the cage through an, through an announce table. Place your bets. Place your bets. You know, us. <laughs> Here, well, here's the thing. I mean, for somebody who, say, is new to the PC gaming world, I mean, how much, you know, what's the degree of technical knowledge that a user would need to be able to take advantage of, of modding? Well, I, 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 if I may, the, uh, actually, it's very, the, the barrier to entry for modding, there is no barrier anymore. I mean, honestly, like, uh, perfect example. Um, there was a, a, a girl on my team, actually, who, who was an intern, and uh, she's never done PC gaming before until now. Um, she's been console only. I, spe- I, I should say Nintendo exclusive only. <laughs> And, uh, uh. yeah, so, right? So, so. <laughs> to to be young and from the 1990s. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's never done PC gaming or modding or anything like that. So, uh, we, so, so she got herself a game and, uh, there are some mods for it. So I said, this is what you do. You just follow the steps. That's the thing. There are now, with every mod, pretty much, that comes out, there's always a detailed, manual or some sort of a fact or something like that or some or just a detailed step-by-step process of what you do and even if you have no and this woman doesn't have any experience and she managed to get five mods installed for her game and i didn't help her at all this is a woman who's never done pc games before so the barrier to entry from from mods that there really isn't a barrier anymore and i think that's the point is that you're not going to find much of a barrier anymore. You can go on, say, uh, you know, uh, you can go onto the Steam community forums and you can look for Final Fantasy modding. And I guarantee you, if you have no idea what you're doing with your with your computer, you follow the step by step how it's listed, and you'll get a good idea of how to do it, or if not doing it, if not, if not being able to do it on your own without any help. Uh, the modding community is very helpful. And they're very detailed and thorough, and I think, and I think that's really the point: is that you won't, you just don't see that on console, and uh, and it's because the nature of the console, you know, I mean, sure, you can mod your console, but I mean, you know, the scene isn't there though. The scene is on PC, and, and the support is on PC, and the, and you get frequent updates on PC, uh, you know, and I think, and I think that's really really what it boils down to is, you know, there just isn't that much of a barrier no more. I mean, I can tell you, I, I mean, I wasn't, when I first started PC as a, as a PC gamer, I wasn't really, you know, up on modding or anything like that. I was like, what is this, what is this magic and voodoo? I don't understand how you do this. And, but once I got into it, I was like, this is amazing. I, I can, I can, all I have to do is just download this follow these three, four steps and take me less than a minute and all of a sudden the graphics of my game are amazing now. Or I have a whole new mission I unlocked or, or something like that or just all this stuff and, and 
I do think we're seeing, and I know I'm, I know people are like, what, Tanya, when I say this, we are seeing the death of the console, but not in the way it's meant like that. I'm saying we're seeing the death of the console because it's going to be, and like, and, and, and I believe it was, it was Nick that alluded to it earlier, that said that everything's going to be kind of merged together. And I do believe that's true. Uh, you're going to, you're not going to see consoles being separate from PCs any, uh, you know, one day in the future. It's just going to be, you have, you know, you have this, this box in your, in your living room that can play all these games from all these different companies, but it also seamlessly integrates with your PC. And I think that's what's going to happen. There, I think there's certainly some truth to that. I mean, it's reaching the point where, you know, now we're in an age where consoles are not just a box where all you do is play games on it anymore. I mean, just before we started recording, I was watching baseball on my PS3. Yes! <laughs> Someone's excited the season's back! Red Sox season begins in three weeks! I'm excited! Um... <laughs> Go Red Sox! Um, <laughs> but that is, that is true. I mean, I was at a friend's house uh, not too long ago. They had Xbox One, and I, you know, they were playing a game in, on one screen, and then another screen there was TV going, and somebody was cooking breakfast on another, and somebody was performing <laughs> complex scientific experiments with another, and somebody was getting head from the console with another, and it was just all this multi multifunctional stuff that you know, PCs had been able to do for years. So the gap is the gap is closing, but you know, at the same time, you know, I think all of us have definite nostalgia for the classic console. I I I still buy and use consoles. Uh I think for and this is just for me personally because PCs do not play every game yet. Not yet. And there are still some games on consoles that, you know, uh, that's the only way I'm going to be able to play it. So th that's why I'm still doing it for now. See for Nintendo. me personally, <laughs> yeah, for uh, me personally, the day I stop being a console gamer is when I can have any game I desire on my PC. That's when I'll stop being a console gamer. I mean, there there are there are ways to kind of sort of get around that. I mean, we have emulators. You know. Uh, you... Okay, okay. Let me rephrase this <laughs> legally. Yeah. If you if you want to go that route again, you know, disclaimer, disclaimer, downloadable content does not condone any sort of stealing bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, the, the RIAA is knocking on Rock Brian's front door. Suddenly, suddenly the FCC is like, hey, uh, could you come with us? Why? Because you have 10 million copies of Super Mario Brothers on your computer. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I do have, let's face it, I do have emulators. There! I said it! Hi, NSA. Um, I have emulators. Where's Edward Snowden? Anyway, um. <laughs> I do have emulators. In Russia. In Mother Russia. <laughs> I have emulators, and you know, I do play a lot of my old games on them. You know, I, I've gone out of my way to purchase 
USB controllers that are in the shape of an N64 because, damn it, I wanted to play Mario Party and Nintendo will never release the original Mario Party ever again. <laughs> Yay! Lawsuits! Uh, well, you know... I, I will say this just as a, as a side, Nick. I, I was playing the original Mario Party on my PC, and when it got to Paddle Battle, I was very careful not to shred my hand <laughs> rotating the damn joystick. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the joysticks nowadays are a little kinder and gentler yes. on the hands than the N64 ridges <laughs> that, 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 that you know, seriously could Flat cut your butter. Flat. Classic riches. Yeah, so I think uh, you know, going back to the you know the uh going back a few quantum leaps to you know possibly <laughs> you know modding a console, uh remember that that horribly failed project that we had such high hopes for called the Ouya? Um <laughs> you know, they tr that that was one of their big ideas. They wanted to do something like that. They wanted to make a sort of home console where it could be modded. That was one of their big selling points. And you know, once it released, it never got off the damn ground. Like we, you have a con you have a a home console that is open source. You can go into it and tweak it, and nothing happened to it. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, there's probably reasons why, you know, that project crashed and burned, but... It, I, I, for me, I think the, the, the issue is... I'm going to say issue, but... Most people don't really know how computers work. That's true. It's a very acquired skill. Yeah. Like, Depends on who you ask. <laughs> if you ask anybody, uh, and if you ask anybody in my office, I apparently know the ins and outs of every operating system, past, present, and future. So, I, I and I don't mean that in the in the like the the, the kit the, the the modern like the the, the millennials and the and the and the post millennials are are the, are the tech savvy people. I mean that in the sense of. Do you know how to program a computer? Do you know how to go into to and like coding and shit like that? Do you know how if something breaks in your computer and it's not a simple thing that Google can fix, can you fix it yourself? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My point exactly. Welcome to Linux, ladies and gentlemen. This is what open source software is. It is literally you coding the goddamn machine to work how you want it to work. Not many people know how to do that. Even fewer know how to do it and make sure it runs properly. Even fewer they know how to do it and how to explain it to someone else. You do have a point. I mean, luckily, luckily, pretty much any PC game runs on Windows. A lot of them run on Mac. So, I mean, we do have that. Yeah, I mean, more so in the general sense of the issue with the OUYA was it's an open source software that's fine. Not many people know what open source software is, and even fewer really know how to take advantage of it. Good point. That is that is a good point. I mean, I, I mean, I, I assume that most of us in this particular discussion know how to build a computer. I, I'm, I'm assuming that. I could be wrong. Build one or uh, 
build someone, build one for someone else, or I, I would say, I would assume at least that most everyone here on the panel is at least familiar with the concept of like moderate to uh, inter like intermediate to difficult PC repairing on both a hardware and software level. At least I hope Tanya is for her sake. But if oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I had mine. Uh, custom build from scratch, and and I actually assisted the guy who did it uh, with, with, with building mine because I wanted a beast. I got my beast. <laughs> it, it, it has to to run RPG Maker. My God! Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised. You know, I'm surprised that you, when you fire up RPG Maker, it just. A... <laughs> That was my old MacBook trying to open up Photoshop. I can't imagine. So, 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 Brian, what are you telling me? The i7 is just go is seeing RPG Maker gone. Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> so, you're telling me, Brian, is that you didn't play Crisis? No. <laughs> Certainly not. Remember when Crisis was the benchmark for PC games? It still is at some level. <laughs> you know? The, the, to be fair, that's because Crisis is a horribly optimized game. Yeah, true. Yeah, sure. Very true. But so you know, we have we have this this discussion going, and since this is get, this is threatening to go to an hour, so I'm going to just cut it here. So we'll continue this onward. We'll continue this in the second half. We'll talk more about you know getting into PC gaming. Why the term should really, in my opinion, be retired. And we will go from there. So in the meantime, you will have some music, as is the usual. I don't know what I'm going to pull out. I'm just going to grab something off my iTunes list and be like, here, have some. <laughs> listen, listen to this. I'll go uh, over. Yeah, all of a sudden, I imagine a big roulette wheel just pops up <laughs> next to Brian's computer. Let's spin it. Let's spin it. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. turn Tell turn. us the lesson that we should learn. Moral number six, and in moral, today's episode is Lather, Rinse, Repeat. All right, enough of this. We'll be right back. You're listening to downloadable content talking about the PC Master Race. We'll be back.
Welcome back to downloadable content talking about the PC Master Race. I just got back from adding more RAM to my PC because it's going to need it after we're done here. So download some more RAM. You can download some more RAM. That's a good one. What? <laughs> download. I, mean, I know you can partition more RAM from your hard drive to your computer, but man, download it. God, we're we're really going up on tech right now. I, well, look, really, like shit. Where's my replicator? Fuck, fuck Corsair. I won't give them the money. I'll just download it myself. Apparently, no one's ever seen that TV commercial. All right. Nope. <laughs> apparently, say you, apparently that was a reference that was lost on everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, brief, brief, his, brief history. When the internet was still becoming a, a thing and tech companies were a dime a dozen, there were pe people out there who were scamming people about, like, you can upgrade your PC by just simply downloading more, downloading more RAM. And this was back in like 2003, 2004, 2005. I can I can get it on my Netscapes, but uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I threw, threw, threw your AOL browser. browser. Uh, okay. So. Uh, uh, all right. Steering the episode back into a, a relative you know track here. Here we go. Continuing the discussion about about the PC Master Race. Uh, there was an article I read. It was on uh, from PC Gamer, actually. Uh, the article was written a year ago, and it was by a writer who, you know, they were, the article was, let's stop calling ourselves the PC Master Race. <laughs> because, and because of, because of how the article is written, um, it makes me feel that there has to be more than one person out there who probably, you know, wants to, you know, maybe change the name a bit because with a name like PC Master Race and the name and the stereotypes that it implies, there are probably those who are big PC gamers who probably want to be like, can we not? <laughs> I, 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 know, I know it was said in satire. I think people have latched onto it a lot more than they should have. I understand the idea behind it, like what they're trying to say when they say that, and that the PC can do everything that a console can do and more. But I, I don't know. I, there's no other, I don't say elegant way, but a simpler way of saying it at the moment. I'm going to quote a, a chunk uh, from the, the article here. Um, like, this isn't a plea for political correctness. Not associating oneself with Nazi pastiches is just good living. It's fun to treat our hobby like a club and build camaraderie, but I don't think a reference to white supremacy is going to change and encourage <laughs> club membership. PC gaming's image is uniquely in the hands of its community, and PC gaming as a brand shouldn't be synonymous with a meme. Given the choice, would Xbox fans really want to be represented by Microsoft's marketing? I doubt it. And yet, with 300,000 subscribers on the PC Master Race subreddit, it seems we've chosen advice animals and MS Paint scribbles as our ambassadors. I know there are better ways to express our enthusiasm and creativity. 
That said, I really do like the subreddit's pleasantly welcoming primer, which declares that to join the glorious PC gaming master race, all you just need is a PC that suits your gaming needs. That's nice, but that inclusivity is undermined by a cultish attitude which addresses everyone collectively as brothers. It's in jest, but it hardly feels inviting, and for what? Old memes, screen grabs of peasantry, and dat GPU, though, plastered on a photo of a GTX 790? 970? I can stay off Reddit if I don't care for it, but the PC Master Race attitude has spread much further than that. It's becoming our perceived identity. So, I think the writer has a valid point. I mean, the PC gaming sub, uh, the PC Master Race subreddit, you know, it presents itself, you know, on its page as, uh, you know, a welcoming environment. But at the same time, there are people in that subreddit who, who play to the stereotype. Since it's stereotypes, it's in jokes, it's things like that. I, I know, and no one that is new to the scene is going to get those jokes and it's kind of like the uh, uh trying to remember what it is but uh like it's like an old boys club mentality almost where like you like you you try to get someone who has a a, a, a someone new that joins the club but and is trying to like Meet new mem meet meet the current members, be friendly and be helpful and like like become new friends with them or something like that. And they're just kinda like being kind but not really explaining everything and ha having them learn it like they were forced to learn it back when they first joined. And it's not being a general more welcoming and understanding crowd. Anyone else want to jump in? I do, I do not read it, though. So. <laughs> you do not read it, okay. I do not <laughs> <Yeah>. read it. <laughs> the, the, the thing with, you know, this whole, you know, the Master Race label, uh, I think for a lot of people, it's a sense of... Uh, for them, I think it's a... For them, I think it's a comfort, a security blanket of thinking that they you know the the money time and resources they spent to have their you know extremely kick-ass top-of-the-line pc is somewhat uh, like a almost like a vindication and may, maybe i'm maybe i'm overshooting that just a bit but i i could certainly understand that it you know it feels like you you know that people have a want to have a sense of belonging so by you know yeah now now that i'm realizing how stupid this sounds never mind <laughs> well, they just get you ever just get halfway through that sentence and realize you really just shouldn't have opened your mouth in the first place yeah that was one of those <laughs> They, they they want to feel validated in the sense of they, they they want to show off what they did. They want to be proud of their work and they want to get recognized for it. Yeah, and like building it and in both building their in both building their PC and like showing what it can do. And benchmarks are 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 awesome. You know, I I I won't shy away from the fact that I. 
spent a few grand on my custom PC built from scratch. Every part is top of the line and more money is going to be poured into it this year. You know, I won't shy away from that, but I also realize for me, like, you know, this, you know, anything PC related, you know, technology and computing is my way of life. I do more than just game on this thing. You know, we, we do, uh, obviously podcasts for one, you know, video records for number two. You know, I do so much more with my PC than maybe a standard user would would use. So, that you know, I feel proud for having to put as much money as I do in my rigs because, you know, it, for me, it's a sense of, you know, of how blessed I truly am to be able to do something that I truly enjoy. Mm. And for some people, I think it's just, be, you know, being able to do that just you know at the kind of wave it as a as a banner over people who may not be able to but for me i i don't view it that way i view it as a sense of how humbled i am that i'm able to do this and not be wondering what's for dinner tonight yeah actually i want to add on to that if i could um yeah, he, he's absolutely right. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm, go, I'm gonna go a little a, a little a little more grimy with things real quick because I think in some cases, not obviously not all, but I think in some cases it's a dick waving contest. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, no surprise, no surprise there. They're like, oh, my tower it costs much more. And it has a better RAM and better speed than yours ever will. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I I think I think in some cases it's a dick waving contest or. Or, or in other cases, it's just you know my my you know my testosterone is more than your testosterone. Is. But but you know like like as as Nick was saying, you know I mean like he's a content creator. I mean I, I call that you know if you're doing videos and things like that, you're a content creator. Um, you know uh, me and my computer is my livelihood, so I needed a computer that was going to be up to snuff. I mean yeah, I, I could brag you know oh I've got a GTX nine nine seventy in my computer. I've got blah 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 blah. But I don't do that because. I don't need to. Um, uh, I don't. I will add in uh, one thing because I'm uh, um, this uh, the uh, so-called master class would consider a filthy casual because I'm one of the kind of guys that I don't really like see the whole point in like building these huge, expensive like towers and stuff for it because I honestly have no need for it. If I do ever end up playing like a lot of, like a lot of games, it'll be the, like the indie stuff off Steam. I'm not gonna try to go for stuff that needs like extraordinarily amazing graphics or anything i just want to play something that's just that's just fun to play for the hell of it like i do a lot of casual games that sometimes i do like a little bit of in-depth rpgs for a game for a computer but again i'm mostly just a casual player more than anything else i'm not like fully into the whole thing um pcs are better than anything else and these games prove it yeah i'm not into that stuff but i i think the point that both tanya and i are are trying to make here is you know, you, there's there's a gaming, you know, ga there is gaming available to anyone on just about any budget. Uh, you know, especially with how approachable, the, uh, you know, like the Steam Network and how games, you know, and with the content requirement for games. Even if you don't have a very powerful computer... You can still play 
a good a good majority of the games that are available. You're not going to be able to play them at the highest settings, but a lot of people may not care. And yep. but 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 for but for Tanya and myself, it goes beyond that of just wanting to play games and play them in high settings. We do so much more with our computers. Uh, for Tanya, it's a lot. Uh, it's a livelihood, and for me, it's it is you know my passion hobby. It's it's like some of my coworkers who are huge golfers, and they spend thousands of dollars every year on new clubs, course memberships, going to play at you know the the you know there's a big course here that the PGA goes uh, and plays every year. Uh, the Dicks open uh, right at Enjoy Golf Course. Beautiful course and, you know, expensive to play there. And, I mean, not that expensive. It's not like a, you know, you know like Palm Beach. But, you know, th- you know, for those people that they think it, they feel justified and they are so in love with their sport that they... So we'll spend the thousands of dollars necessary to go play it. For me, it's the same thing. I, I so love computers and the aspects of them and doing the work and whatever it may be that I'm willing to spend the thousands of dollars to keep mine in tip top shape to have the best stuff because this is it's what I do and it's what Tanya does. We're willing to make that kind of investment because our love for it is that deep. Absolutely agree. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. All very, very good points. You know, I I try to go back to you know I've always and I and I say this on downloadable content a lot. I vi- I personally believe that video games are meant to be all inclusive. We shouldn't have these sort of divisive labels that divide gamers into various you know various ranks of superiority because you know that sort of stuff just reeks of the whole gamergate clusterfuck and that's not a topic i'm gonna go anywhere near so when you have this sort of stereotype or this sort of mindset among pc gamers that you know no you can't play with us or no you use consoles you filthy peasant you know i i can see where somebody might get turned off by that. And when you have... Well, yep, go on. I'm, not, I'm sorry, no. I was, I was just going to say, well, you know, I, I also have to put a little bit of blame, actually, on on the, on the industry itself, because, and I mean, just a little bit. I mean, obviously it's on people, but I think, I think, I, I think some, I don't know about you guys, but some, I, I, I think of this whole PC mastery thing. I think that really comes from the fact that you have a bunch of players who are, especially, I mean, multiplayer on PC. I mean, come on. I mean, we're I, talking millions of people here, you know? I won't touch it. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I, 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 don't do, I don't do multiplayer on PC. I do not. I, I stay away from, from anything multiplayer um, on PC. But there are millions of people who do. But here's the thing. There is... Right now, as you speak, I mean, obviously Xbox is, you know, Microsoft's working to, to, you know, make it more seamless, but they're just one. But, I mean, if you have somebody who's playing, you know, a game on PS4 and they're your friend, you know, and they're over in California or whatever, and you want to play with them, 
uh, the, the, the same game that they're playing, but you have yours on PC, you're not going to be able to. And I, I, and, and I think there's a disconnect there because of the nature of console versus PC, because right now they're not seamlessly integrated. And there are, and multiplayer element, I think, does add into that where, you know, they're like, well, you know, I have my community over here. You have your community over there because we can't talk to each other. That, that gap is closing, though. Um, for example, as much as I made fun, make fun of Street Fighter V and how it's an incomplete game, the one thing they did right, and I will give credit to Capcom on this. Oh, don't you dare. You can play, <laughs> I, as, much as, as much as I love to, you can have Street Fighter V on PC and your friend can have it on PS4 and you guys can play. There is no barrier in terms of PS4 only server or PC only server. You can play on PS4 and PC and be on the same colloquial Street Fighter V server. But that's more so because of how Capcom, I think, designed it. And also yes. the fact that they said fuck you to, to Microsoft. So, and not deal with that issue because that would be because of how Microsoft and the Xbox have their server set up. Like, I don't think it's communicate as easily as it used to um, with uh, Xbox Live. Like, I mean, if we're and, and if we're being completely brutally honest here, a PS4 by and large is just a PC. It just has its own proprietary Sony operating system on it. Yeah, they're all they're all x86 architecture now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they all use what the same, you know, NVIDIA or AMD chipsets. It's all, you know, anything that you find in the game systems nowadays is not too far off than what you find in a computer anymore. And how what we were saying earlier about consoles and PCs really closing that gap, you know, it's starting to get to be all the same. Yeah, it's like, and the reason why is just is there's actually two reasons why. One is we're reaching a, 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 a literal physics limit of we can't make it smaller and faster because physics doesn't allow us to. And the other issue is it's just cheaper. It's cheaper for them to make a a basically a PC with a proprietary operating system than to yep. try and design a, a brand new chipset like they did for the Xbox 360 and the PS3, which had... Like, what the what the hell do they call the PS3's chipset? The cell or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, one of where it's basically like six six processors all operating in tandem together in this weird amalgamation of of fusing that not many things can emulate it easily. Mm-hmm. Compared to the PS4, where it's quite literally an Intel processor, it's quite literally an NVIDIA graphics card, it's quite literally a, a, a rather commonplace motherboard and RAM and everything like that. Like, the people, when they, they gave literal PC specs for the PS4 and priced it out, and it's about, and it costs about the same to build it on a PC as it does to, to buy the PS4. And, you know, which kind of comes to this point of exclusivity 
is expensive. You know, if you have, you know, I, I don't know what the install bases are for the two for the systems. We obviously know a PC has millions and millions and millions of users, but to you know have a company design something exclusively for a single system or for uh, you know or just for PC only it's expensive because the install bases for you know all these other competing consoles are so big that companies look at that and go well I want a slice of that pie too uh, you know some we some people do tend to forget that this is ultimately a business and the ultimate goal is to earn money and if I'm making something, you know, if I'm a game developer and I'm making something for the PS PS4 and Sony's telling me I, I you know I shouldn't make it for the Xbox One, but I see their, you know, 10 million in, in user install base, I see that and I see dollar signs. Why wouldn't I want to go, you know, make something for the Xbox One when it's not that much harder to do? And then, you know, and why shouldn't why shouldn't I? Unless I'm paid a lot, and I mean a lot of money to do so. And it's you know, and for that very reason, that it's just all of it's starting to become one and the same. With the only differences being what name is on the on the freaking box, and you're, that's all you're really paying for. It's what you're what you're spending several hundred dollars on is name brand. I got I gotta add on to that because Nick made them an awesome point there actually and good thank you Nick actually that, that that's a very good point. Um, I can tell you right now as an indie dev, you want to get your game everywhere. You do. You, you want to get as many platforms as possible because Nick, again Nick's absolutely right. You want to get you want to take advantage of all of, of each install base for because there are millions upon millions of people. Um, and let me tell you, all I. I can tell you from a technical perspective real quick that it's easy. It, I mean, once you have a game done, uh, say you do it in the uh, in the Unity engine, you can literally click a button and and click on PS4 and it'll convert the code over and there you go. Or you can click on Wii U, it'll convert the code over and there you go. You can, it's all, literally, it is a click of a button. In order for me to put my to put my games on PS4, I feel part of that though is due to just advancement of technology compared to when it was back in the Super Nintendo and Genesis and the PlayStation and the N64 when the hardware was so different back then for the PlayStation compared to the PS PlayStation compared to the N64 that doing such a, a translation or a conversion is not what well, wasn't as easily done just due to coding back then. I feel oh, like yeah. that I feel like Absolutely. that's an advancement that came about during the PS3 and the 360 era when the advent of downloadable content came came through. And and the, the beginning of having the cloud storage like that that's just i feel i feel like this progression and the loss of exclus exclusivity is due to part 
partly due to the business side of just wanting more money and making more money, but also due to technology getting to a point now where processors are so fast, CPUs are so fast, there's so much RAM and memory available, and the coding has gotten better, that it's easy and cheap. It's literally a click of a button to code your game for PS4, for Wii U, for PC, for Android, for iOS, and for and for Xbox. Like, and and that's and that's partially due to, and I mean, that's due to the coding of the various game engines because of the technology being available for it compared to back then. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, well, like I was going to say, just back then, you know, uh, back in like SNES days and X and sixty-four and PS one, especially PS one, you had to get an SDK kit. You had to get an SDK dev kit to to get your games going, and you had to use a special environment, and you had to test your games on the PS one or whatever it was. You know, there was there was, and these SDK, you know, these these dev kits were insanely expensive, but now. You just go into a Unity engine, RPG Maker engine, or you, and, and literally, you just publish to wherever platform you you have a license to, and there you go. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 and you're right. The the you know the, the the exclusivity barrier is definitely is definitely fading, and I and I'm I'm really happy about that because give me more games on my PC, more games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and, and and I think for unless it's for certain companies, i.e., like Nintendo and Sony, I think are the only companies left that have any sort of exclusivity franchise, i.e., Mario, Zelda, Uncharted, things like that. Like those are like by and large, any third-party person is going to want to company is going to want their their game to be on as many consoles and systems and, and operating and operating devices as they can get it just to get them more money. And for those exclusive titles, they fo- they're they usually a first-party thing, like the Nintendo yeah. and stuff like that. It, it, it's... And, uh, and, I, 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 and even then, I, I feel like that eventually is going to fade, because... I, the the business people of those companies are going to be like, hey, we can make more money if we put this on Steam, or or or, or what have you, and like all we got to do is just be like, hey, here's the here's the game for the console first, but then a year, eighteen months down the road, we release the game of the year version, because that's another thing that's going to be happening for like every game that comes out that sells well. Is that they were here's the game of the year version with all the DLC, and by the way, it's going to be on console, and it's going to be on Steam. And kind of kind of rope this back into the you know the PC you know master race lab, labeling of it all is because of you know of what Tanya was saying of how how it is so easy to just convert the code to work on just about anything you damn well please there is really you know the the barriers of what makes you know of why something 
should only be on a PC or so or Sony or Microsoft is just gone. It, it it's it, it's completely gone. So, you know what what's the difference whether you play the game with a controller or whether you play the game with a keyboard and a mouse? Uh, you know, really, it starts boiling down to just simple preferences, and even then, you know, there, there's modifications you can put up that you can. I, I know there's one that you can connect your controller, your PS4 controller. And have your mouse and keyboard service the control functions instead. Some people use that for Destiny, since there's no PC version for Destiny, for reasons that escape me. But that's <laughs> it's not that you they escape the entire gaming community. Let's be honest here. Um, but that that's the, the point I'm getting at is really the, all these barriers that were there in the past. And I think it really is down to a technology thing of all, all the barriers that prevented us in the past of just having every, you know any game on any platform really is gone because everything is just so seamless now of just having all the hardware requirements be the same and uh, the coding's the same and, and you know I I I can't. Uh, account account for you know what coding system it is but uh, you know c is the basic building block of computers c plus plus is still widely used by any programmer i speak to it's all just it's really all the same anymore because all the tech the technology barriers that is basically gone the only exclusivity exclusivity there we go that's left is because nintendo makes games and their systems and sony makes games and their systems and that's the only reason why there's any of that still remaining i will say this that for me the biggest barrier to entry for pc gaming was the the control setup it wasn't, you know, what so what box I was playing it on. It was it was the controller. I do, I since I have been playing video games on consoles for you know twenty five out of the thirty years of my life. I did not want to. I do not want to play games on a PC, and I still don't. I still want to play PC games that use a keyboard and mouse setup. So once I once it was made known to me that I could plug in an Xbox 360 controller or you know any other USB controller in the shape of a uh, of a controller that I know and love once that was you know once it was made known to me that that was a, a viable option I went well all right let's go ahead hmm. so that was for me as an exclusive console gamer the hurdle I had to jump over although I will say um with, so there are, are actually there's a type of PC game that it, if I can get my well they actually aren't probably all that hard to get a hold of. I think they're called the uh, world building games or something like that because I think those ones are exclusive only to PCs. It's like with the Sid Meier Civilization and uh, yeah I think that's what the brand of them are called these Civilization games. I think those ones are exclusive only to PC or are they for consoles at all? They're, they're more like world-building simulator games, but even then, some of them are not PC-exclusive. 
probably the biggest example is Minecraft. That was originally a PC game, and it got ported over to Xbox and PS4 and Wii U and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and iPhone and <laughs> insert platform here. Eventually, yeah. we're gonna get the Super Nintendo version of Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then, uh, and then um. Like Terraria and some other games like that were PC originally, but then they got eventually put on console. Um, those types of games were originally PC, be- and and almost exclusively stayed on PC because they had a re- relatively interesting install base where like. You had to be a fan of that type of genre to begin with to to want to play to get the game. Well, yeah, and that's not an easy thing that you could do on a console because of the keyboard and mouse. It compares the controller with the controller. You only have a certain number of buttons and keys and directions you can do. Whereas with the the with the PC, you have a, you have all the keys that you can do with various commands, like like a like an MMO. And, uh, what's the other one that I'm thinking of? Uh, you're thinking RTS? Yeah, RTS, flight simulators, things like that. Um, like, 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 like StarCraft. Like, those games are pretty hard to do with, with a, with a controller compared to a keyboard and mouse just due to more input options available. They can keep buying more commands to yeah i wouldn't be surprised if uh if we start getting you know dumbed down versions of those for councils anyway just because of the accessibility factor and it wouldn't surprise me if they start doing those you know multiple button clicks i mean they did for dragon age i couldn't imagine why they couldn't do it for anything else so I, I think that barrier will be short-lived as well. I mean, I, I still think it's a barrier because that was always sort of an issue with getting... I, I don't know, maybe Brian can attest to this. SimCity, like, that was a, a game that I, I can remember seeing on both console and PC... But I thought the console version was a lot clunkier because you had to do like pause the game and literally go through like air, air like use use the D pad to arrow through like four or five different options and then go on the the, the map and, and place your buildings and, and stuff like that compared to I just hit R for roads and 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 then start building my roads or I hit B for building and start building. Uh, my houses and my and my business landscape, or, or or what have you. Each version of the the each version of of Sim City, you know, has to be formatted for the platform that it's coming out on. So the, some of the Sim City games, like there's a Sim City DS for fuck's sake. So you have to, yeah, uh, you, you had to to modify the Sim City games <coughs> so it could use the. You know, he had to take the technical limit, limit, ah, technical limitations of the DS into account. So, you know, it it can work. And you know, somebody said earlier that you know there are gonna there are 
you already have to kind of be a fan of those games anyway. I've played SimCity, it drives me nuts, I have no patience for that. I want to I wanna be, be God now, I don't want to have to build it up. <laughs> and, and like, Flight Simulator games are almost PC, PC exclusive too. I know that like there there's similar there are a couple of them on console like your pilot wings or your star foxes or what have you but I like quite literally flight simulator 2016 as far as I know the only thing that can play that is a PC I don't think there is a flight simulator 2016 2015, 2014, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, I can remember a long time ago for for my uh, old desktop. I think that was uh, uh, what I forget. It's not a ninety. It, my old desktop wasn't a ninety-eight. It was uh, a little bit later than that, but it's not really. I haven't really gotten to upgrade it yet. But there was um, a military jet flight simulator that I could do on that one that was exclusive to PC only, so that was an interesting one to do sometimes. Yes, they, although they changed the name. It's no longer called Windows Flight Simulator. It was called Microsoft Flight. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't ask. I, I, I no. <laughs> just, but just, like, and, and like, and like, it, it is quite literally a flight simulator. You sit yourself in a virtual cockpit with all the bells and whistles and the gyroscopes and, and, and the levers and, and buttons and what have you, and you have to hit all the buttons and flip all the levers before you can fly your plane, and you got to monitor your fuel burning and your, and your not speed and the winds and all that shit. And when, oh, by the way, you got to make sure no one blows out the, the cabin door and make sure you're... you're your cabin's properly pressurized, and do a barrel roll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, tr yeah. Try doing a barrel roll in, in a seven forty-seven. <laughs> You're not gonna roll. Let's You're see what this up. baby shall do. <laughs> yeah, gravity. Uh, gravity is so overrated. So, you know, I mean, there are very various limitations and whatnot, but you know. That yeah, in the last couple of years, I've been doing more and more of my gaming on PC, and my consoles have been collecting more and more dust. Because the games that I would normally buy on a console are coming out on PC, and I'm just you know adding them to my Steam library, which unfortunately is presenting me with a problem. I'm almost out of hard drive space. Uh, <laughs> well, well, welcome to the modern day issue with PCs. Because you have X amount of hard drive space, and it keeps getting smaller and smaller. Well, I mean it's no different than back in the day when we had memory cards. Yeah, but at least with memory cards, there's usually a relatively small amount of data being stored, not the entire goddamn game. Well, <laughs> I, I, well it depends on the game. Yeah, yeah, true. Let's be honest. Well, true, but like, like any any modern day MMO is at least thirty gigs. Most modern day console games are at least thirty gigs. Well, I mean, I, I've eliminated the first problem. I don't play MMOs. That's a... Yes, <laughs> that, that, that's problem number one. But like, still, the issue is, is that 
you have only you have only so much hard drive space, and sure, terabyte hard drives exist and things like that. But I mean, Brian, I'm sure you and I can test this better than anyone else. How large is your art folder? <laughs> large how large are your how large is your resources folder? Uh, large enough that I have a ba that I use an external hard drive. If I exactly, if I took all of my all of the photography that I've taken and all the files I have edited on my Photoshop, I have it all on an external hard drive. And because I'm paranoid, I have a backup of the backup. Yes, <laughs> like like like, and 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 for me personally, if I took all the art that I've done, it's over a hundred gigs. And that's that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mind you, it, most of my stuff is actual physical copies. I don't scan half of the stuff that I do. Oh, you still use paper? You're one of those. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I want to. Wow, one of, make it sound like a dick, Brian. <laughs> yes, this is the art jackass. master race. Damn it! Oh my god. One of those jackasses that uses pencil and paper and erasers. That's okay. I, I still I still use film and I develop my own film. So yes, I understand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it's not that I don't have a tablet. I do. It's just the fact that I like the drawing on paper. I like the. Yes. the I, I have. I feel I have more control with the paper and pencil than I do with a tablet. Yeah, and, and I I certainly understand that. It's. And, but and. And that's my example. It's like you and I were content creators. Ton is a content creator. Nick's a content creator. Our content is pretty massive, and that and like hard and that doesn't even include like Windows files or <laughs> videos or, or movies or music. I mean, my music libraries. A uh, hundred gigs at least, too. Oh yeah, and you know, and, and you know, depending on on how how unscrupulous some of us are, we probably have you know, there's a big porn folder somewhere on there. And... <laughs> yeah, and and, and and I mean, we're just like, and like, I I've got a 500 megabyte hard or 500 gigabyte hard drive. I've got a 640 gigabyte like media storage drive. The 500's almost full. The media storage drive is half full. There's a good chance the media storage drive is going to be full before the year is out. So, you know, that's... And when I built my, my current PC, I was not yet in the realm of PC gaming. I built my computer so that it could handle Photoshop with sound, without, its, without the CPU sounding like it has emphysema. <laughs> and so now that I have Photoshop, but now I have something like 80 games in my Steam library, and I'm like, oh, hell. Uh, <laughs> it, there is an option, Brian. It's called uninstall. <laughs> and, and, but there's happiness issue, isn't good enough for me. I demand euphoria. <laughs> but the, but here's an issue though: is that for Americans, this may not be an issue because unlimited bandwidth or what have you. But what if you're in like Australia or New Zealand or Venezuela, where you have a limited amount of data that you get? per month just due to population density or you're in bumfuck nowhere and your only source of internet is over a satellite dish with, with questionable signal strength to begin with like 
do really want to try and download and reinstall uh, World of Warcraft for the sixth time when the new expansion comes out. And or, and this or, or is it easier just to leave a 200 gigabyte file on your hard drive? And that is, uh, and you actually just hit a point that I wanted to get to is this is why console gaming probably will not go anywhere is and why physical copies of games won't go anywhere is exactly because of people like like those that you know i i know various co-workers in the factory i work that uh just live outside of being able to get you know cable from time warner that they have to rely on satellites that they have to use you know basically or god forbid dial up (laughs) you know i know Uh, brian just had a traumatic flashback with that (laughs) i didn't want to say it because i knew you were gonna start convulsing on the floor (laughs) brian brian i feel for for a couple seconds here edit in the dial up modem sound so the people that don't know what it is <laughs> do, and the oh ones my that God. do <laughs> have the knob flashback. <laughs> oh my God! In the days uh, when I'd be on AOL, and then somebody would call and would kill uh, the connection. And, you know, oh my God! Al- although, yeah, you know, I remember that. Ron, you do have a point. Though. I mean, and Nick. Okay, Nick lives only a few hours west of me. We both live in the same. We both live in New York. I mean, I'm in Schenectady. He's in Binghamton. And yeah, you know, we, I'm not too far away either. And okay, three of us living in New York. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. So <laughs> yeah. So, so like, like Brian, you're in a a decently sized town. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the capital district of New York State, so I've got my pick of Time Warner. I've got my pick of Verizon FiOS. You know, it's yeah, and like a couple hours to the west of that, Nick has got Time Warner cable, and that's probably it. Um, Time Warner cable. We have a couple competing companies, but Time Warner is king. King. Yeah, but so, and, there and, and, are some people, but but we have a, a lot of mountainous regions, a lot of remote areas. And for those people, they don't, you know, you can't just uh, string up a T1 cable and call it good and have 50 megabit per uh, second download speed. God, I love that. But it's for it's for those kind of people that they are going to continue. You know, why wait 8, 10, 12, 18 hours to try and download a huge ass file of a game? When it's just easier to pick up a disc. I mean, I had so I played an MMO. I played Final Fantasy XIV, the the reboot of Final Fantasy XIV. I was gonna say, was, sorry. Yeah, I, it, <laughs> it, it was actually a fun game, but but, but I'll get into that later. I had, I played with someone who was in Australia, and he bought the physical game copy because he literally had a download limit of thirty gigs. The install data on Final Fantasy XIV is like 20, at least. And so if you so already like, use two-thirds of your data for the month. Yeah, and j- just in downloading the game. And he's like, I no, I'm going to buy the physical copy of the disc, and then I'll just use my, my, my data over the course of the month just playing the game and normal browsing. And like, he, and he will, like, portion out his data with himself and his roommates. And be like, 
you guys have to monitor this shit because if we go over, we get hit with a fee. And it's literally like $10 for, per, per ten, like 100 megabytes. And Good that adds Christ! Up, and that shit adds up fast. Yeah. No, actually, it, I, I'd like to ask a question uh, that, that relates to that, actually, because that, that brings up a good point. Uh, there's a game releasing very soon that I'm going to buy day one. It's called Final Fantasy IX on Steam. Oh. And this PS1 game is it, it, it's been updated and so forth. Now it's 20 gigs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Exactly. <laughs> but this game is 20 gigs now. A, a, a PS1 game went from, I think, like 700 MB, I think, in total. So, so... so, so... It was a four-disc game. Yeah, four-disc game. So roughly three gigs is now 20? Is now 20. Because of, uh, because of updated visuals, because uh, because I believe now they're incorporating the original HD assets of the, of the backdrops there in the environment into the game. Uh, that's why it's taking so long to release on Steam, apparently. Um, but yeah, uh, this game's coming out. It's 20 gigs. You can't get it. You can't get this version of a game that we've most of probably have already played physically. You can only get it digitally, but it's 20 gigs. So really, what, my question is, what do you do? And, and, and I mean you as in general, but what do you do if there is a game that, say, you know, is widely known and it's being re-released? It's not being released physically. It's only being released digitally, but it's a game that you know and love, and you know you're going to love, it, and you're going to really love the enhancements and the achievements and all this other crap. What do you do if you if you can't get a physical copy and you can't and you can't afford, or you or you, or you, have, or you have a data limit for a download like that? What do you do? <laughs> depending upon the data limit, sometimes you quite literally have to bite the bullet and just be like, well, I'm downloading the game and I literally can't do anything else other than check my email and browse news. I can't Netflix, I can't YouTube, I can't do anything like that. But but doesn't that also incorporate into the whole PC mastery? And this is really, this is really what I, I think it is, is that I think because of the fact that you have a game that is known and loved. I mean, majority-wise, it's known and loved. I mean, Final Fantasy IX is right up there. You know, to me, it's mm -hmm. one of my personal favorite games. It's a great game. But, yeah, it it's is. a great game. So, I mean, this game that is known and loved for years is being re-released, but it's not being released physically. It's only digital. But it's got all these new features and boosters, and I think, like, no encounter booster, and and level 99 and this, that, and the other thing, if you just want to experience the story and everything like that. And updated visuals. I think they redid all the 3D modeling and so forth. So, like, you have this, this re-release happening that's not physical, but yet it's going straight to PC. And it, it's also released on iOS and Android as well. So it's like, I think, doesn't that, like, kind of factor into the whole... PC mastery thing like 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 the kind of going you know almost like the little kid version na 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 guess what I got and you don't you know that type of thing it, it, it it's like 
you know, these PC gamers, they go, well, you know, we have Final Fantasy IX on Steam, and it's got just this, this, and this. Sure, you could go back and play your PS1 copy, but it doesn't. But but it won't look good on an HD TV. Or if it does look okay on an HD TV, you're not going to have the boosters. You're not going to have the achievements. You're not going to have the updated visuals. You're not going to have any of that. So it's like, and I and I think that I think that's a, a part of the reason why because there's games like that. I mean, I could point to any number of Final Fantasy games on Steam, and it's kind of the same deal. I mean. Yeah, some of them are, you know, sprites kind of suck, but, you know, that's beside the point. But, like, you know, uh, I mean, take, I mean, you, you could take games that were released on Nintendo DS, even, like Final Fantasy IV. That's the, that's the DS version on Steam. It's updated. It's got updated visuals, it has achievements, it has other, you know, it has a difficulty setting. That's just off the top of my head. That was for Nintendo DS. What if you don't have your Nintendo DS anymore? How are you going to play that DS version that you know and love? Are you going to buy it on Steam? And I believe that game on Steam, if I remember correctly, is something like, what, like five gigs? For uh, let me let me check. Let me check. I have it on my files. Yeah, I have no idea. I totally forget <clears throat> how big it is. Probably something uh, But I know they updated the visuals and they updated all that. So it's like... You know, and I think, and I think that's kind of that. And I think that's, and I think we're seeing it. You're seeing re-releases of games on consoles for PC that have been updated or have added features and achievements. Let me tell you, some people just buy games just because of achievements. There are achievement hunters everywhere. To answer your question for Final Fantasy IV, it is 715 megabytes. Oh, wow, so it's under a gig. Wow, holy damn, I can't believe it. But now, actually, that's still, though, think about that. 750, 715 megabytes, you said? Seven, 750, yep. How big was the original DS game? I think it was like 60 MB. Yep. So think about uh, that. Well, the original was, yeah, it was small. It was small. It was like 40, 50 MB, something like that. DS games were only like... 30 between 30 and 60 MB I think that's about it. And then and then we get even better yet. The original Final Fantasy 4, the Super Nintendo Final Fantasy 4. Uh the file size was um what like KB like like 512 KB or something. I think I think it was, I think it was 2 megs. Was it 2 megs? <laughs> uh well I'm lo- I'm looking at the uh, file size uh, I'm looking at the file size of a ROM and it's uh half of 1 megabyte. <laughs> okay, my mistake. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, so there you go. I mean, yeah, it, it, you know, the, you know, these games on on PC, these re-releases, especially uh, Grandia Two Anniversary Edition. Now this is perfect. I love Grandia Two, one of my favorite games of all time. It always will be. It was re-released on it was re-released on Steam, but it but it was called Anniversary Edition for good reason because it's got upscale modeling, upscale environments, it's got new features, it has achievements. And because of the modding scene, again, this brings me back to the modding scene, because of the modding scene, they're uh, creating HD mods for it. So now you can you have, like, HD numbers and, you know, portraits and things like that now. So, like, again, the PC has it over the consoles because they can release these games. And, yeah, they're huge compared to what they were. Well, look what you're getting, though. And they don't release it physically. 
there's no physical releases to these gangs. So, I mean, you know, and, and to bring it back to the business perspective, why would I, as a, as, a, as a game dev, and this is true, why would I, as a game dev, want to have overhead, want to have, want to, want to have to invest thousands upon thousands, not a few million dollars into creating a physical product when I know I can get my game out on Steam and digital means for what? The, the split is usually 70-30 in my favor. And I have no overhead. So, and, and, and that's really what it boils down to. And, and, and I believe it was, I believe it was, it was, uh, it was, was it Ron, was it, was it Ron that said it? Uh, that it's a business. That was Nick. And yeah, it was, it was Nick. It was Nick who said it was. It's a, it's a business. This is a business. And, I, and as a business owner, I can tell you, I'm not going to put even if even if I have a greatest hit type game, I'm not going to put my game and invest thousands upon thousands of dollars of of of, of my company's cash into physical copies when I know it's going to sell more and do better on PC. And I won't have to wait, and I won't have to worry about about overhead. I won't have to worry about making physical costs. And that's why you're seeing digital takeover. That's why eventually, and not right away, but I'm going to say within ten years, maybe fifteen, physical copies of games are going to become re- just completely retro. It's going to be retro. It's it's going to be it's going to be considered obsolete. And it's going to be a thing of the past because business-wise, as a game dev, we want to be able to cut our overhead costs and put out games without having to spend all this money on physical means. There's no point of it anymore. And that's, that's all I got to say about that. And the problem... And- problem with that and why the digital distribution is going to be a a a problem is you know say we do go fully digital the people who live out in the sticks or does not have access to great internet or is on a data restriction they're going to be in a lot of trouble and they are and you know, is that really helping out, say the you know the PC market? As a result of that, yeah, it's going to work out for people like myself, and that's why you know PCs are still going to dominate. By like, I really don't see physical copies of games going anywhere anytime soon until we have a full you know until it reaches to such a huge percentage of the gaming base that. It would not be a huge detriment to uh, not make physical copies. You know that you know, no, not making a physical copy is not going to cost you that much money in blown profits or potential profits because it's you know the cost to make it versus the profit you would potentially receive is just not meeting. Well, I mean. Uh... You know, to, and while I agree with you for the most part, I mean, I can tell you that, uh, like, like, and I, I can tell you that the profit that is generated, let's, I mean, let's say, you know, Chronicles of a Dark Lord, yes, I have a shameless plug, releases on, it releases in GameStop, 
and for a physical copy, I can tell you right now, I'm making far less in profit on a physical copy over in GameStop as a brand new copy. Right. Then if I were if then then I am on Steam because I'm only getting maybe twenty percent as opposed to a seventy thirty split in my favor. So I mean, that's that's what that's one major reason why I, I'm I'm saying that you're gonna you're, you're gonna see it event. It's not not soon, but you're gonna see it eventually happen where there will not be physical copies. And now the second reason, and, and this is kind of cruel. Uh, to, to to these folks, and I'm and and again, you know, this is it's, it's going to sound kind of callous of, of of game devs to and other companies to feel this way, but this is again, it is a business. Uh, the simple fact is the the amount of people that have data caps or that have that are on still on dial up or are not able to afford uh, the, uh, the you know the. The, the base requirements necessary for for gaming for gaming nowadays and their PCs is rapidly dwindling. Um, yep. There's and, and that's and that's the reason why you're seeing AAA devs releasing their games on Steam. This is why you're seeing sixty dollar games on Steam. Let me tell you, they would not be releasing their games on, especially AAA devs would not be releasing their games on Steam unless they were confident. That there was enough of an install base and, and enough people who had who have minimum requirement gaming rigs, who have minimum requirement internet connections, in order to actually make a profit, they would not do it. So that might so actually now those people that I was, that I was talking about earlier are now a minority, and we don't cater to minority; we cater to majority. Right. And, and that's the direction it's all going towards as far as the accessibility acts, uh, aspect is concerned. And yes, eventually we are going to get to the point where, you know, I, I think we're right now kind of like at that halfway point. So I, I agree with you. And I think companies are seeing it that physical copies is just not going to be the way to go anymore. Uh, just to... You know, it, what's hitting the rumor mills is that the Nintendo's next system, the NX, won't have a disk drive. Everything oh, will I didn't be, know that. Oh, wow. Will, everything will be digital. Or SD cards. Or SD cards. So it, it, we're kind of already arriving to that point. I think we are kind of at the halfway mark of, of, the, of between the haves and the have-nots. And it's going to eventually get to the point as coverage and as the the cost of having accessible internet is getting cheaper and cheaper. I think that people having satellite or data limitations or anything like that is the exception and not the rule. So I, I, I can totally agree uh, that, yeah, I, I think we are going to reach that point eventually it's just there's going to be a gray period in that time frame when we do make that jump to fully digital that there's going to be a few years where it's going to really suck for some people i agree with that i, I definitely agree with that absolutely you hit the nail, you hit the nail right in the head i mean that's, I, I kind of think we're kind of in that gray period already right i think we're kind of i i think we're i think we're probably say i probably think we're probably almost more than halfway there but i think we're definitely getting there and I think it'll probably be another 10 years or so, and then it'll probably happen. But in the meantime, both PCs and consoles have their uses. So, 
you know, that's we, we've had a very, very wide ranging discussion. I like that. Well done, all mm. of you. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I know Ryan was quiet for for most for, for a good chunk of that, but he was listening and having a good time. So, yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so. If you out there on the wide world of the internet have any questions, comments, thoughts on this episode or any other episode of downloadable content, remember you can get in touch with us at our website, dlcpodcast.com. Feedback form is there. Send us a message. Let us know. If you have any questions, complaints, gripes, shoutouts, whatever, it's there. Use it. And so, once again, it, it remains for me to thank... Ron, Ryan, Nick, and Tanya for being on this episode with me. A lot of fun, you guys. Thank you very much. And with that, I am Ryan. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.